Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Valencia is back after a brief respite. She has rejoined us and I'm so happy to have her because I couldn't do her segment on my own. I really couldn't. I couldn't fill her shoes. So here she is, Valencia. Thank you. I'm back. How y'all doing? Anyway, it's thank you, Aurelia. Um it's good to be back. Oh, my goodness. It's been a while. Well, um, I had a health issue that I was dealing with, and I'm not going to get into the gory details, but it sidelined me for a bit. And so I am back amongst you all, all the best inventions ever, including myself. And a lot has happened since I've been gone. Good gravy. You know, first it was the crazy political craziness that just won't seem to stop. Uh, the Democratic Convention, convention, the Republican Convention. Uh, I mean, that was something, you know. And I was, you know, like we all were, kind of riveted to both both conventions. One which I thought was just criminal for us to watch because people you thought had some semblance of sanity got on that stage at that convention and just ranted and raved like mad people. That was that was hard to see. Then a more civilized event affair was to, them, to me. I mean, we all have our, our um, opinions. But I thought that was much more civilized, controlled. Um, it just spoke to me in a way I would like to be spoken to, whether I, I identified with one side or another. And I think that was the big problem that I had, you know, the, the way the message of a particular party was delivered. I, it did not speak to me on any level. And I'm sure it spoke to a lot of people because a lot of people showed up at that convention. Anyway, um, I was just so impressed with, on the Democratic convention side, so many of the speakers I was so impressed with, impressed with their message. It was, of course, always awesome to see Michelle Obama um, deliver as she always does on so many different levels. She is such an inspiration to all. Um, and then, I know he's the president, but I like to call him the right reverend, President Barack Obama, because that man can preach. He doesn't just speak, he preaches. So that was pretty awesome um, to see always. And um, 
So, you know, that was an interesting point of activity while I was gone. Also, oh my goodness, the violence that has just been escalating, escalating, escalating. Oh, it's just, it's just unfathomable, unthinkable. I was talking to um, a friend and I was like, what is, what's the answer? And guess what? I don't know. Do you know? If anybody out there knows, please speak up because we really need uh, some some solution. You know, it's violence here at home, violence here abroad, abroad coming here, violence, you know, to your country, whoever's country. It's just, um, it's, I don't know. I don't know. And I've been trying to, like, look at different um, outlets to try and see if, if there is some answer, some, you know, positive outlook, something out there to give us some direction, like go that way, go that way, stand still, something. But it's just, I don't know, it's an amazing time we're living in right now. And so, um, but, you know, I do see lots of glimmers of hope, and it's not just in one you know, generation or one aspect or one particular place. You know, there are sparks of hope, but you have to look for them. You have to actively seek them out, you know, and you have to be grateful for them and appreciate them. So, child, hold on. Just hold on. Uh, But you know what? The one glimmer of hope for me was the Olympics. And, of course, there was lots to talk about at the Olympics, but one of the – I'm an Olympaholic. I love the Olympics. I can watch every sport, no matter what it is, and appreciate it. I watched ping pong. I was like, oh, my God, that's not ping pong the way we played in the basement (laughs) or in somebody's back patio. That is ping pong elevated to a magical, mystical level. What what always gets me about the Olympics is the slowest person at that event can probably beat anybody in the stadium. They are better than anybody in that stadium, and I think it's amazing. And I think what is so – what we're attracted to the Olympics is, of course, it is performance at a peak level, of course, because we're seeing the best of what there is in in their, you know, respective sports. But behind all that is the dedication, the focus, the perseverance, the sacrifice that these athletes make to be at the height of their sport. And it is inspiring and it is, you know, awesome. And I think, you know, those mere, we mere mortals would love to aspire to that. But, honey, what it takes, whew, Ain't no joke, all right? It is doing it when you tie it, you know, giving up those picnics and hanging out with friends and and having, you know, those normal stages of experience that young people have along their Olympic journey that they sacrifice. So I 
a while, many, yeah, a few years ago, I did um, an interview with Peter Westbrook, who is um, an Olympic, an Olympian several times over, and who also um, has created a fencing foundation here in New York. And let me tell you, his athletes were at the 216. 2016, I'm like 216, 2016 Rio Olympics in fencing, in fencing, and they rocked. They were exciting. I watched them. They were exciting and dynamic, and, you know, he really has not just elevated and diversified fencing. You know, he's developed an, um, an amazing support base here in his community, all his fencers, anyone who's come through his program, especially those who are the more elite athletes in his program, have gone on to be really special people that I've gotten to experience. You know, they really turn out for any any uh, fencing event that he's a part of. They are a wonderful part of the community. Um, they, they're always doing outreach. They're a lovely bunch of people, and you do see such a special camaraderie and just something unique that I think being an Olympic athlete or an elite athlete in a particular sport really brings out in people. So they were wonderful. Um, and I, you know, just from association, which I'm so happy about, I've gotten to experience a little bit of that Olympic, you know, sunshine. But you know, of course, it was in Rio, and I, uh, which is which, there's been controversy about giving one giving the, them the Olympics. Number two, that they they seem woefully unprepared to host an Olympic event, and that the Olymp some people say that the Olympics took the spotlight off of the poverty and the the crime and and all that and the disparity that exists in Rio. But at the same time, it did show us it did shine a spotlight on a country who is you know really um, you know economically challenged and but you know something it also even they did the best they could, and guess what it they did they did step up. You know, you do the best you can. You put on the best show you can. But I think the best show that uh, Rio did give us was the warmth and loveliness of the people. It's not all about crime. It's not all about um, economic disparity. It's about people saying, come to my house, and I'm going to show you the best hospitality I can. And I think the warmth of the the karaoke's in Rio was was heartwarming. You know, they gave us Rio. They gave us a raucous crowd who liked to rock it at the events. You know, turn up the music, holla holla back. I loved it. I loved it. And um, you know, even in the oh, I want to get it right. It's the favelas for lack of a better term or the correct term, the ghettos of Rio, um, you did see, I did see, I did see the heart 
of the people there, you know? They've lived there for generations. It's no different than sometimes here in America. People live in a particular community. They leave that community to work. They come back to that community, but it doesn't make them any lesser of a human being because of where they live. You know, they're in, in, in the more impoverished neighborhoods around the world. These are the people with the most heart, the most soul, the most giving people. So I don't I don't look down upon them. I you know, I, I see the heart of Rio. You can live as we know now as a billionaire millionaire and have no heart, <laughs> no soul. <laughs> um and I don't think that's anything to to look you know, to think that make you think that you're elevated. As a matter of fact, what about the yo-yo? I mean, swimming was amazing. Swimming was amazing. Um, you had Michael Phelps, who has matured and and really has not only escalated his game in the pool, but escalated his game in life. You know, he's about to be, he's a dad. He's about to be a married man. He has um, He has so much more to give to the sport of swimming. Um, I don't know if he, you know, is going to make it to Tokyo, but, and he stepped up as a leader on, on in the swim category, swim team. Um, and then you got somebody who is direct opposite, Ryan Lochte, who can proudly say, I'm number two, I'm number two. <laughs> Anyway, he went to he he was just the ugly American there. He accused these people of trying to rob him. He just he just he just went for the stereotype to save his neck because he was immature. Not only was he immature, he was the oldest one in that little group that he was hanging out with and he left those boys hanging on the line while he flew back to the USA, got himself out of that country and was chilling back at home, giving us FaceTime as he explained what happened. What had happened was, yeah, Ryan, I don't know. But, you know, he got his sponsors pulled pulled out. They were like, dude, did you see the clause about morality in your contract? I guess you didn't because we didn't mean that much to you. So they pulled their sponsorship and some big sponsorships. <sighs> and now Rio wants him back. They're like, yo, you need to come back here and face some charges. The the drama will continue. Let's see if he goes back. But he took the spot, spotlight off of an amazing uh, week or two of swimming. And, of course, the st- for me, the star – was swimming Simone. Can't think of her last name right now. But when I was watching that meet, I was looking and I was like, oh my goodness, is that a black person in the pool? Wow, I wonder what country she's from. I didn't even realize that she was on the swim team (laughs) for the USA until she touched the wall and everything erupted. I was like, what? She's USA? Team USA? Mm-mm. 
Anyway, I thought that was, you know, that was awesome. But at the same time, when she, when they said, how does it feel to be the first black African-American woman to win a gold medal in the swim? I was like, wow, we're still the first in that area. We are still the first. We are still the first in that area. I guess there's a lot of firsts that we don't we're not in. Oh well. You know, she's she she's and there was also another black woman on on that team as well and I can't I think her last name is Neil, but I'm sorry, I should know these facts when I'm talking to you. But I don't right now. Um, I get a pass, I'm just back. <laughs> so, um yeah. This is going to bring and you know what, black people swim. I swim. My daughter swims. We can swim. And so and so um it's not that we don't swim, but all these all these, you know, really all these um athletic events, whatever level you're doing it at, it takes a lot of money. You know, it takes money to fund your hobby, your passion. And um, a lot of people don't always have those resources. Like Peter Westbrook, he makes it possible for families to participate. To participate. That's right, Simone Emanuel, I just got a text. Anyway, he makes it possible for families to um, entertain the idea of being a, a participant and, and training for a sport, which is amazing. And I'm sure, you know, because uh, Simone Emanuel's platform is more um, African-Americans being water safe, which, you know, unfortunately, we, we have talked ourselves into the stereotype that black people don't swim. Yeah, they do. <laughs> But, you know, maybe in your community it's just not possible. Or maybe because you have fears of the water, you know, you say that. But we do swim. We do a lot of things, you know. We do all kinds of things. But it's just people's, you know, in our community's limitations and people outside our community, their limitations. But uh, they were super-duper, uber-uber fantastic. And, of course, all right, Simone Biles and Gabby Douglas and the rest of the rest of the gymnastics team killed it, killed it. That little Simone Biles is just, you know, the whole team. They are built like football players, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. These girls are muscular, strong, um, and. I've seen how the physiques of athletes has changed over time. And gymnastics used to be little wisps of a girl of you know, of girls. They just tumble and jump and like little fairies with wings just flying around and doing their thing. However, these other ladies, the US team, they are diesel. All right, they are built to be strong and to fly and to. It was pretty amazing. 
And, um, you know, the backstory about the parents and how much they sacrificed with these girls is was was inspiring in some ways. And just, you know, you're like, wow, you had to give up that um, to be where you are, to, like, make us proud and entertain us and, and just be at the height of your sport. Um, and, I, you know, the one thing, there's always some troll, Gabby. What's with, why are y'all like, why are people on Gabby and her hair? Do you know how hard she works? It looked fine. It looked fine. Them some hard-working folks. So come on. I wouldn't be doing my hair either. <laughs> y'all would be texting and Facebooking my crazy-looking self. Two. Look, I can't even do a cartwheel with my hair like beat to the max. It wouldn't help. So, you know, those are some of the ups and downs of the Olympics. But now let's get on to track and field. Track and field. So, what do I say? Okay, Usain Bolt. All right. Amazing. He did his thing. You know, when we were looking for him to do his thing, he did it. That was just kind of it. He did it. But then, you you know, the excitement of somebody's incredible feats, and then you get on after the Olympics. It's all kinds of crazy on the Internet. I'm like, come on. Can you just, you know, be you, but... Why do we have to see you being all of you that we don't need to see? But anyway, that's life, right? People do their lives. You you got no control. None of us have control over that. Um, but it's, you know, you have to kind of, yeah, we'll get back to that one in a minute. Okay, relay. Woo! That was a nail biter. Women's 4x100 Relay, that was one of the, uh When Alex and Felix, when that baton came out of her hand, I was like, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, where are you? What was, oh, I was like, what is, no, Mm-mm. this cannot be happening. And even little Alex and Felix was, I'd be cussing too. I would be cussing too. Because she got bumped. She got bumped. But you know what? She had the foresight to say, look, keep running. Let's finish the race, and then we will protest. And, of course, they did. They did it. And they got back in the game. They had to run a relay by themselves. And Lord knows, they made it happen. They were back in the game. Back in the game. And when they ran that relay, it was it just looked like textbook to me. It was so sharp, so clean. I was so excited. I was like, yes. Yes. 
Let's get this party started. They won that thing clearly, and they just shut the rest of the competition down. I was like, yes. And so we go on to the men's. Uh, they were nail biters too, but in, in not not the best way. I was kind of disapp- I'm kind of disappointed in the men's program. I'm sure they're doing their very best, but that relay looked like it was going good, and then they had the lane issue. I don't know what went wrong, but I know they were disqualified. I was like, oh boy. So, you know, that was, I was a little disappointed. But then the 4 by 4 100 women killed it again. Textbook, Allison bought that baton home like she had wrote the book on how to run that leg, that anchor leg. Oh, I was so happy for her. I was so happy for her. But when she got second and the girl from the Bahamas dove, I was like, what the heck was that? That was desperation trying to win a race. Oh, my goodness. Desperation. I, you know, I know you're supposed to lean, but throw your butt. But she must have skinned herself up because I was like, <laughs> that was a desperate move. But I'm sure that sucker hurt. You paid a little bit of skin for that. You paid a little bit of skin for that. Ah. Uh, Let's see, what else? Oh, the guy from South Africa. There are some stories that just grip your heart and you root for another country. You're like, go, go, South Africa, go. The one whose trainer was a 70-some-year-old woman, he ran like he was running from the cops, okay? He, and broke, I think it was either Olympic record or the world record, he shattered it. It was just, it was, and to have her there in the stands watching all the effort that she put into that young man paid off. He paid her back in space. He represented his country. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And I really loved, I really loved watching that race. The women's relay, I can watch over and over again. Let's see. Um, and there, there was there was all kinds of things happening at the Olympics that we don't even look at. We don't even know until after the men's marathon. The runner for, from Ethiopia, I think he was either third or fourth, and he was, like, doing this sign. I was like, oh, he must be happy. He must be dancing. He was doing, like, this X sign with his with his hands, his arms, and I was like, wow, he must be happy. He was just jumping up and down and Throwing some hand signs, I was like, wow. But then to find out, he was protesting. And he was, um, and he was, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to be, uh, he was, wanted to leave Somalia, Ethiopia. He, we was like, uh uh-uh. He was trying to call attention to something that was happening. Oh, yeah, the Ethiopian runner's name was Wade Van Niker, I think. Niker, well, I'm bad with names, so I'm doing, that was the best I could do. Um, 
But, yeah, I was like, wow. And you used to hear about people wanting to be, you know, defect from their countries in Olympics past. And I was like, wow, it's been a long time since I've I've seen that. Um, uh, so that was pretty amazing. Um what else was fascinating to me at the Olympics? There were so many moments, so many moments. Um, you know, okay, volleyball was always in the Albida. I was like, what is going on? We went, We should be, what? We did not, wow. We did not win that one? That was, that was kept my heart going all the time. It was up, it was down, it was up, it was down. I, what happened to my Williams sisters? What happened? Oh my goodness! But you know what? It's all right. They got so many trophies and medals and wins all over the place. I guess you can let somebody have it once in a while, right? So that we know you're human and not just superhuman. Well, that we know you're superhuman, but Mike, we know you're not mega superhuman. But it's always good to see them play. Whether they're winning or losing, it's always a great show. That Serena gives it to you every time. She's just strong and tough and and is all there. Anyway, uh, I I you know, I enjoyed that was that was like a two week vacation for me. I enjoyed every minute of it. I'm having withdrawals now. I wish it was still on. I'm not impressed with the TV lineup now. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm happy to say I'm back. I'm happy to talk again. As you can see, I thought I would only need a few minutes, but apparently I love to talk <laughs> and can keep going. I got my uh, Your Time is Up um, from production. And um, I just want to say hi, and uh, I hope to get back to you with some interesting stories, interesting guests. I hope we get to talk, you know, over the Internet and what, in whatever ways we get to communicate. So I love you all. Thank you so much. And, hey, let's see what's going on next month. I, I know there's going to be stuff going on next month. Um All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For more content, visit us at thecocoexpressshow.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Facebook. I couldn't see you. I thought you were doing like your regular... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.